many businesses are looking to go full steam ahead in 2022. And that means implementing new action plans, creating new strategies, simplifying decision-making, and a whole lot more. I pulled Andy Clark from Clarkie Consulting, a firm that works with business owners who want to enjoy the process of leading profitable businesses that create a positive impact in their communities. Andy has a lot of experience working with our local businesses and helping them increase profitability, create efficiencies in time management, creating business goals, and a whole lot more. I asked Andy to join me and walk us through what businesses can do right now to prepare for 2022. Andy, thanks for joining me. Why don't you uh, talk to us a bit about your story? Thanks for having me on, Andrew. My story is a bit of a long and winding road. I, um, you know, I'm from Fredericton, New Brunswick, grew up here. Um, uh, when, uh, then I was away for university for, and working for a long time. And then I've been back in New Brunswick now for close to 15 years, I think, probably 13, 14 years since we've been back. I've uh, got four kids, married. And, um, you know, New Brunswick, um, you know, for the most part, is a, is a great place to live. Professionally speaking, um, I practiced law for 10 years um, in Nova Scotia and in New Brunswick. And about 10 years ago, made the decision that that wasn't for me and transitioned into uh, business consulting. So I've been doing that for about the last 10 years, working primarily with small business owners and their leadership teams. Um, and more recently, in the last couple of years, have, have become a little more specialized in terms of the specific types of services that I deliver to small business, which I'm sure we can talk about as we go through today. How has your background in law helped you assist businesses today? Yeah, it's a great question. I think that the, the background in law is really helpful because lots of business owners aren't quite sure sort of what they need to take to a lawyer and what they don't. And so when they bring things like that to me, I don't sort of give them legal advice per se. I give them more business advice that, you know, I think you can proceed in this direction and, you know, and generally be, be okay. Or I'll say, you know what, this one deserves a little bit more attention. I think it would make good sense to consult, uh, you know, a practicing full-time lawyer on, on this particular issue. So Andy, when you're talking about consulting, you are talking about Clarkie Consulting. I am. Um, talk to me about what exactly Clarkie Consulting provides to yeah. businesses in the region. Yeah, so uh, Clarkie helps business owners achieve more of their goals and get results faster. That's the one-liner. That's what we try to do. Um, and the reason behind that is that over you know the last ten years? And even while I was practicing law, uh, I practiced uh, corporate and commercial law, so I was working with business owners. Um, so over that time, you really see how overwhelming um, owning and running a small business can be. Um, uh, how there's never enough time. There's too many demands, um, and. Often that leads into an inability for various reasons uh, to actually translate goals, if business owners have them, into, into success. Um, in other words, to the extent that a business owner or their leadership team actually sets time to develop strategy and to implement goals um, and a vision and, and a game plan and all that stuff, uh, 
usually the same skill set that makes for a really good entrepreneur, you know, that visionary, um, you know, the ability to, to know where they want to go and develop relationships and the passion for their business. Usually that's a different skill set than the skill set that's required to actually take that vision and implement it, do those day-to-day things that need to be done to accomplish those goals. Uh, it's very rare that the same person has the big picture visionary strategy skill set and the operational implementation skill set. Uh, and then what happens is that you know that entrepreneurial DNA takes over and and um, through no fault of their own, right? Because all this information and opportunities come at them, it's easy to take your eye off the ball and and go down a path and spend time and energy and resources in a way that you really probably, if you were if you were being a little bit more disciplined, a little more, more focused, you wouldn't have gone down that path. So what I try to do in, in, in terms of helping business owners achieve more of their goals and get results faster is help them actually implement a structure in their business, which almost forces them to be more disciplined, be more focused, and be more accountable to the game plan. That's a really interesting point, talking about the operational side, the skill set, um, compared to the, the visionary skill set or talent that a lot of entrepreneurs have. In your experience with businesses or entrepreneurs that have that visionary skill set, at what stage in their business or their startup do you feel that they start to see that they need to touch on their uh, operational skill set side of things? Is it kind of later in the game? Is it, I don't want to say too late, but is it the, mm. at what stage would they be looking? Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on the organization. I think it depends on the, the skill set of the, of the business owner. Um, but typically it, it happens when you get to a size where you've, you know, you, you, you the business develops some complexity, um, but you, you're not yet at the size, maybe in terms of revenue or even in terms of mindset of the business owner to bring in that person who uh, can complement you uh, as the business owner on the operational and implementation side. Because if you get someone that's you know, pretty competent in that area, it, it, it's, you know, it's an investment. Uh, it, it costs some money to bring in a good person in that area. And so sometimes it gets to be a chicken or egg, right? It's, do I make that investment uh, so that we can get to the next level? Or do I continue to sort of plug along without that person, uh, you know, save that money, but, uh, but am I going to be able to bust through that ceiling without, without that person, without that um, that resource that can allow me as the business owner to do what I do best, you know, strategy, running the company, maybe new product line, developing relationships, uh, spend more of my time there and, and hire somebody and train them and trust them to take care of the other stuff. Right. So there's a lot of, um, uh, you know, in strategic coach and Dan Sullivan and, 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 and others who talk about this unique ability, um, capital U, capital A, which is kind of a trademark term that they have, um, you know, other people call it core, core purpose or whatever. But the, the idea is that you want to operate in your, in your highest area, your, your highest and best use as a business owner. And you want to delegate the stuff that's not your highest and best use 
And what happens is that a lot of business owners get stuck in doing stuff that's not what they love doing, not what they're particularly good at. And it really, uh, it, um, I think it prevents the company from really taking that next step. Now, we're, we're talking about, in, in some cases, some larger terms, we're talking about the op- operational side and those big steps. Can you pull us down to an example, a specific mm-hmm. an example where you were able to assist a client that had a challenge such as this? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a few that would come to mind um, where, you know, I think they suffered just from what I described, which is that they they had too, too, too much stuff was running through them. So as a business owner, and I tend to work directly with the business owner or their leadership team, depending on the structure of the business or the size of the business. Um, but when the business owner has too much stuff running through them, uh, it creates bottlenecks. Uh, and, it, it, you know, you're not really empowering your team to the extent that I think you need to, 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 to grow. Um, and so I'm thinking of a couple of clients in particular where, you know, working with them and helping them implement this, you know, system, which we can talk a little bit more about, allows them and gives them the confidence to focus on what's important uh, what's most important and to let the other stuff go um, and to let the other stuff go mean don't do it at all or delegate that to someone else on your team. So the result of doing that, you know, in one particular case, uh, I just got um, feedback from a client that I worked with, um, you know, a few months ago, and it's probably been four or five, six months since we worked together, came back to me kind of unsolicited actually and said, uh, you know, hey, Andy, thanks. You know, we're our businesses, uh, our core business is up 38% year over year. And, um, and we're, we're, we're tracking to be the top. This, this is a franchise um, business. Um, we're tracking to be the top in Canada. So it, now can, can, my, can me and my system take all the credit for that? Absolutely not. But I think what they saw was the value that the structure and the system and focusing on what's most important allowed them to be more disciplined, uh, to focus their energy and resources in those levers in their business that, um, that could move the needle the most. And on the other side of that, they were able to see that their, you know, their revenue was, was up considerably. Now, you made a couple of references there to the system. Talk to me about this system. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of systems. I'm a fan of frameworks. I'm a fan of trying to simplify as much as possible what can be a very complex thing, and that is to own and run a business. Um, systems and frameworks uh, I think give people structure, they give people discipline, they give people confidence um, to proceed. Uh, you're not always going to make the best decisions. You're not always going to have all the information you need to make the best decisions. But, but the confidence to proceed, I think, is, the, the, is very important. You know, making a decision is more important, even if it's the wrong one, oftentimes is more important than hemming and hawing and not making a decision at all. So. And so the system um, that I help business owners 
uh, implement, and, and depending on the state of their business, is either all or part of the system, um, is what I call the whole pie business management system. And PIE is profit, impact, and enjoyment. Um, and maybe come back to, to why we focus on that and call it like the triple bottom line approach in terms of focusing on profit, impact, and enjoyment in a business. But we'll park that for a second and just talk about kind of the system is designed. Um, it it kind of have, it has two parts to it. Um, the first part was what I call the foundation. The foundation is just kind of look where, where are you in your business in terms of four key areas? And that is purpose, planning, people, and process. And you notice they all start with P, so it's called four Ps. Um, you know, it's kind of whatever it's uh, that is what it is most of these frameworks try to have some some uh, trendy lingo or whatever around them but the idea is to really simplify uh, it so that if you think about your business and if you have a problem or a challenge in your business usually if you get right down to the root of it it's either a purpose problem a planning problem a people problem or a process problem and just the simple fact of identifying what kind of problem it is is helpful so we, we look at the business in terms of, of how strong are they in each of those four areas. Um, you know, and we can dive deeper into each of those four areas if, if you like. But that's step one is how strong and how aligned is the business in each of those four key areas. And then the second part of the system is what I call the, the flywheel. So the first part is the foundation, the second part is the flywheel. And for anyone who's who's been a fan of Jim Collins and good to great and, and that sort of stuff, you'll recognize the flywheel um, metaphor in, um, in terms of a business concept. I use the flywheel a little bit differently than Jim Collins does. And the flywheel in my, uh, in, in my system is a flywheel of accountability. So it's four separate elements uh, that you can incorporate into your business and how you manage your business that forces you and your people to be more accountable to the goals that you have set in your, as you've gone through your people planning process and, and um, what am I missing? Purpose um, parts of your four Ps. So probably, you know, a little muddy as I, as I explain that, but at a high level, it's there's the foundation and there's the flywheel. So let's let's either build or shore up the foundation in your business in terms of the four Ps. And then once that's done, let's make sure that we've implemented this self-sustaining flywheel of accountability in your business that you can't get away from because it's in there. And if you try to get away from it, people will notice and will, and will force you to, to continue to be accountable to it. So in broad strokes, that's what the system, that those are the nuts and bolts of the system. So correct me if I'm wrong, in theory, a lot of what uh, businesses might be experiencing, the challenges are the result of the root problem, but they don't know the root problem yet. So the one of the, from what you said, uh, one of the, the biggest challenges is to discover the root problem and address that first. And I'm not sure if you would agree with this, but in theory, in some cases, the root problem might not even be that large uh, to tackle, but it was just unidentified at the time. Would you agree with mm -hmm. that? I do agree with that 100%. Um, and it's actually uh, getting better at solving problems is one of the four elements of, of the flywheel. Um, it's, it's a structured problem solving system in your business. Um, 
if you, you know, are someone who's listening and who has worked, you know, and he works in a business and has sat around uh, a, a meeting and has talked about a problem for at length and everyone chimes in and, and talks about the problem and offers their perspective on the problem. And at the end of the meeting, nothing is, nothing is done to actually resolve the problem. No, no action steps are committed to. And so the next time you sit down and you meet, you're talking about the same problem. Or, or, the, or, or the next time after that or whatever. In my view, there's nothing that can sap the energy and morale of a leadership team more than talking about the same problems over and over and over again. So how do you, how do you resolve problems once and for all uh, in your business? Well, there's, turns out if there's an actual structure that works, as long as you follow it, you will. And you will tackle the highest priority problems in your business systematically, not, not not uh, every week, not even every month, but if you can A, track what all the issues, problems, or opportunities are in your business, B, have the ability to prioritize which are the most important for your business, and then C, are able to address them in a way that you get to the root cause of the problem or issue, um, and then create an action step to deal with that. Uh, you will be light years ahead of most businesses who don't apply that rigorous discipline to dealing with problems in their business. In speaking to that, Andy, and, and you brought up uh, a challenge of raising the problem over and over again. Yeah. Um, in your opinion, what are the most common bottlenecks that exist within a business when it comes to efficiency and productivity? Yeah. So again, depending on size uh, and structure of the biz, I mean, oftentimes the, the owner themselves is the biggest bottleneck because they, they haven't made clear to their team what the, you know, what they're responsible for. And there's, there's lack of clarity around accountability, who's responsible for what, what decisions can each individual team member make without having to consult everybody. Um, so uh, one of the biggest bottlenecks is the business owner themselves. If they haven't made clear uh, what needs to come through them and what doesn't need to come through them, um, that goes to delegation. You know, delegation and empowering your team is is not easy. It's a skill uh, that many business owners struggle with, um, but that's necessary for for a business to grow. So if I had to say, what's the number one bottleneck, it's usually the business owner. Um, and then secondly, it would be kind of, it would be a communication structure, um, uh, and which a communication structure that where, where people don't know who to talk to and when would be uh, so, so, so that there are way too many conversations going on with way too many people about, about things that it just wastes everybody's time. So uh, if we can get clear on an accountability structure and on a communication, communication structure in a business, a, a lot of bottlenecks go away. The first thing you're talking about, some of the challenges can be on the communication side from the actual business owner or, or leader. Uh, it reminds me of the book, The Art of War. It's a pretty, pretty mm -hmm. old book, but the, the quote, yeah. If words of command are not clear and distinct, if orders are not thoroughly understood, then the general yeah. is to blame. I think of that a lot, actually. Even yeah. 
when not just businesses, but anybody within, it could be any organization, nonprofit, government, public, private, all that kind of stuff. I, I totally agree. Um, business owners generally aren't great at communication. Um, they, they have so much going on in their head. They may see their vision so clearly. They may assume that that clarity of vision has been communicated and is understood by everyone on their team, but very rarely is that the case. And so one great strategy is that uh, is regular communication and regular updates from a business owner or, or managers or supervisors to their team about here's where the business is and here is where the business is going. Um, so that uh, all team members are aware of that. They, they know that, that they're not on a rudderless ship, like we're going somewhere and, uh, and, and here's where we are in terms of progress towards that, that journey. Um, and more importantly, communicating how each individual team member can contribute to that, to that vision, right? How does what they do every day contribute to the overall business's mission? How does it, how, do, how does what they do every day contribute to achieving the vision that's been set out for the business? If you can, uh, if you were to go into a business and ask people at all different levels to clearly articulate how what they do every day helped the company achieve its overall objectives. If they're able to clearly identify that, you have got a great business, right? You have alignment, you have engagement, you have, you know, coming back to efficiency and productivity, you have eliminated a lot of roadblocks that prevent efficiency and productivity because people know what they're doing and they know how it contributes to the overall success of the business. But getting back to your original question, you know, a lot of that gets stuck in the business owner's head and is not effectively communicated. And so it needs to happen over and over and over and over again. Um, and anytime you're implementing a change, a new policy, a new system, a new structure, a new whatever into a business, it should always be tied back to how is this going to help the business achieve the goals that it's setting out to achieve? And how is that going to help individual team member, uh, you know, be able to contribute more to the overall team success? So communication, 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 and, um, and business owners tend not to be really good at that. And what a great metric to think about when you're referring to if essentially if a, a business owner were to, were to have to leave the room or could not make, make a meeting that any other team member, if they were able to speak clearly on the objectives and the intentions and the goals of the business, then that's a sign of a great business. I really like that type of, of metric. Um, we, now this, in this conversation, we're having these challenges in some cases, businesses could have, I would argue could easily be, we could even easily have had this conversation back in 2015, 2010, 2005, et cetera. How has COVID impacted, uh, all of this? Has it accelerated this process? Has it just put more pressure and more, uh, weight of these challenges on the shoulders of business owners? Yeah, so that that one, 
I've spent a lot of time, um, you know, thinking about and, you know, and observing how that has impacted, you know, the, the sort of things that I can help business owners with and, and the types of concepts that I, that I help them, um, you know, understand and apply. And it's kind of, the answer to it is kind of uh, almost antithetical in terms of, uh, you know, COVID has really changed the way that people do business, but at the same time, getting back to sort of core principles has never been more important. So if you think about, you know, COVID came and a lot of businesses need to, needed to pivot or they needed to, to find new markets or they needed to change in some way to adapt to this, like this immediate uh, and brand new, um, you know, scenario that we were all faced with. Um, and I think that businesses that were really clear on, on, on who they were from a purpose and core value perspective uh, were able to navigate that a little more, 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 more easily. I mean, I don't think it was easy for anybody. Um, but if you, like I used the term rudderless before, if you're a business that wasn't quite sure of who you are or what you were doing or what you were trying to accomplish, well, when the market gets, the world gets turned upside down like that, you, you don't have really a whole lot to hang on to and to grab onto. So, um, so I think that having the foundation and this stuff lives in, in, in the purpose, the purpose P of the foundation is when you're really clear on, on why you exist as a business and what you're trying to do and what your core values are, then, you know, the market can change, you know, your target market can change. Um, a lot of things can change. The products and services that you're delivering can change, but those underlying, um, you know, your underlying purpose doesn't change. And I think that that was really helpful to businesses that were strong in that area. And coming out of COVID now, if I can be so bold as to say that, um, you know, it's, it's really important. It's really important to have that foundation set because, you know, as much as uh, it's, it, it, uh, maybe pessimistic to say this, like the next massive market challenge is just around the corner, whether, you know, COVID is, COVID is a, is it was a massive market challenge for businesses. There is going to be another one, whether it's, you know, who knows what it's going to be, maybe not a global pandemic, maybe something else, but again, you're going to be forced to get back to what are you trying to accomplish? What are our core values? And that will set you up for success moving through that. And one final point that I'd mentioned in response to that question, Andrew, is that I think Practically speaking, what um, you know, what this, what COVID and the pandemic and this never-ending change of of um, you know policies and government reactions to it um, means, and, and I think will continue for the foreseeable future, is that people, business owners, should shorten their time horizon when they're thinking about strategy. Um, so, you know. The default for me is when I go into a business is like, what's, what's the big picture vision, you know, whether that's 10, 20 years, you know, big, hairy, audacious goal kind of stuff. And then we peel that back to three years and then one year and then, um, and then 90 days. And, and, and then what we work on is every 90 days where we're um, working towards those, those 90 day goals, which feed into the annual goals, which feed into the three-year goals, which feeds into the vision, right? In this day and age, in these 
topsy-turvy times, which may continue indefinitely, it probably makes sense to really focus more on, on shorter term strategy and shorter term goals, because who knows, the, you know, the minute you get to one year goals or three year goals, you know, in, in three months, they may be obsolete. So um, that's one, I think, practical um, aspect that businesses, I think, can, can, can think about as they move forward is shortening that that strategic time horizon for their business. So saying that right now, what would be the absolute number one piece of advice you'd give to businesses at this current time? Mm. Well, that's a good one. I, I mean, uh, maybe it's the lawyer in me, but I, this may be a cop-out answer that I, I, I think it's different for depending on the circumstances of a business. Like where are you strong and where are you weak? Um, you know, what, what are the holes in your foundation that, that, that need to be, that need to be filled, um, in order for you, um, to, you know, to, to give yourself the best chances of, of achieving, of achieving your goals. Um, but if I can think of, you know, maybe something that applies to everybody, in addition to shortening that time horizon for, for their strategic planning, um, I think it probably would go back to my comments from a few minutes ago around communication, around the more communication that you can give to your team members, the more they know that the, uh, the captain of the ship actually knows what they're doing and has a plan. Even if the captain of the ship doesn't really know what they're doing and doesn't have a plan because things are so topsy-turvy, people want to know that, that, um, that their leadership uh, is rising to the occasion and and has a plan in place and and has a direction for the business and people want to know what that is so that they can get behind it and then they can know how they can contribute to it so communication with your team members is so important and i can't recommend it enough andy what didn't i ask you today what would be a, a last comment you'd like to add before we conclude yeah well Thanks for asking that. I think that, um, I think if I may, I'll just go back to something that we parked before, which was this idea of, of profit impact and enjoyment. Um, because this is something that's really, it, that may not resonate with all business owners, quite frankly. Um, but what I'm seeing is that more and more it does. And that is that, that, that really successful businesses and in particular small businesses, um, they are profitable. They make a positive impact in their community and they are enjoyable for the business owner and ideally everyone uh, you know, involved with the business. Um, what you can see and what I have seen and it's, and it's heartbreaking is a business owner who has fallen out of love with their business because it is, it's so overwhelming. They might not have the right team members. They might just, they might have just these problems in, these, in their business that they haven't addressed. And, it's, and their business is actually making their life worse rather than making their life better. And that's even if the business is profitable, right? It, they, could be, they can be a slave to their business. And, and to me, that's heartbreaking. To me, you know, small business is, I have such a, uh, admiration and respect for small business owners um, because I literally think, and this may sound cliche, that small business makes the world go around. Um, 
you know, I think you would, you would more than I would have all the stats around, you know, how small business um, in terms of, of labor force and, you know, GDP contributions and all that good stuff. And, you know, not to get uh, into, into politics, but I really believe that small businesses and small business owners are a really, are a hallmark of democracy, quite frankly. Um, so, uh, so to the extent that I can help a small business uh, owner and their team enjoy the process of building and leading their business towards more profit and towards creating, you know, more of an impact, whatever that impact is that they want to create, maybe it's impact for their customers, maybe it's impact for their for the community, maybe it's impact for their employees, maybe they want to save the whole world, whatever that positive impact, however that's defined by the business owner and by the business, that's up to them. But there's no doubt that the more impact you make, uh, the happier you are. And usually the more impact you make, the more profitable you are. So Profit, impact, and enjoyment is this wonderful, like triple bottom line. That's all you know. Uh, that that's all related and interrelated. And so, if you can, um, I call it like a win anywhere is a win everywhere. Uh, so that you know, if you can do, if you can remove a frustration in your business, well, therefore, you you will enjoy the business a little bit more. And that frustration may allow you to make more impact. And making more impact may allow you to be more profitable. And it's kind of like this nice circle that's kind of uh, uh, takes on its own momentum. Conversely, the, 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 the converse is true, right? Um, so that's what I really uh, love helping business owners focus on. And that the, the structure, the system that I talked about earlier, the foundation of the flywheel, it's all for the purpose of helping a business owner and their team be more profitable, create more of an impact, and be more enjoyable. And if we can do that, I mean, that's a really good day for, for our business at Clarkie Consulting. Andy, when we started the conversation, um, I, and, I, and I touched upon this in some of my question, questions that we, when we're talking about operations and efficiency and all this stuff, sometimes they're bigger ter they're terms that mean a lot. Uh, so I do, I appreciate you uh, bringing us down to a to the level where we can see the specific uh, challenges that businesses might be facing that I'm sure they they know of um, but they might not know exactly how to address at this moment um, so this really adds a lot of clarity to that uh, conversation so look I, I appreciate you walking us through all of the the stuff you and Clarky consulting are doing and joining me today for a great discussion I appreciate it well, thanks very much again for having me, Andrew. I've enjoyed the discussion as well and uh, look forward to continuing the discussion at, uh, at any time you'd like to, because these, these topics, as you might uh, gather, are, are uh, you know, really important to me. I really believe in them and I'm um, and, uh, happy to chat for the rest of the time. Thanks for joining Locked In with Lockhart was hosted by Andrew Locker, produced by Ignite, music by Tom Cray. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you find quality podcasts. And if you have a recommendation for a business, 
feel free to reach out to me at andrew.lockhart at ignitefredericton.com.